Hello, and welcome to Unmute Now Podcast Season 3. We are four ladies on a mission to raise the volume on conversations that matter. To those of you joining us on the live stream, thank you. You can join in on the banter and the lively discussions across our social media and other podcast platforms. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. This evening, I'm very happy to have you back with us for episode two. If you missed last week, I'm seeing some familiar faces, names already, sorry, Geraldine. If you missed last week, we would have initiated season three, and we talked a bit about code switching. Nikon, whoever that is, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, welcome, hi. And so today we're going to take it up a bit, the notch, the, the whatever they say, we're going to take the notch out, take it up. A, I can't talk today, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> That's You're ready for the weekend. That's why. Because the pressure is on me. I'm your lead host today, <laughs> your land, and keeping me company. I've got Natasha. Natasha, say hello. Hi, guys. And I've got Raquel. Hi, everybody. And we're missing Angela. Angela is taking a wee journey somewhere out there in the cold. Angela, <laughs> I'm sure she's joining us on, on the live chat. That's and it. we've got with us today special guest. We've got with us in studio today, Leah Brown. Well, I'm saying studio, but live joining us today is Leah Brown. Now, Leo, hello, where are you? <laughs> hello, everyone. Hi, Leo. Hi. Here. Now, Leo, to me, and I'm sure to many of us in the community, is a son. These are all my aunties. Amen. Right. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk today about this topic that we've managed to glamorize. Today, we've entitled episode two, Reimagining Failure. And we've got Leo with us because I was very inspired by Leo's TEDx talk which he titled Embracing Adversity. Very much the same kind of context, but both Leo and the Pivot Ladies have managed to glamorize adversity and failure. So we're gonna talk about that today. We're gonna to talk about it in mainly two aspects. We're gonna talk about what it is to fail. How does it impact you and people around you? And what exactly is the antidote? How do you cope with failure or adversity, if you prefer that term? So, Leo, before we get into it, we know that Leo is our professional footballer. We still see him <laughs> as a professional footballer. Yeah, semi-professional. <laughs> but professional now, soon. Please. go on, Leo. <laughs> the professional again soon. That's hey, right. Hey, 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 come on. <laughs> <laughs> now he plays semi-pro football. Leo is a man of all trade, a jack of all trade. He's a techie, a tech head, and he's also... I'm a co-owner of a PC repair business with a friend. 
Leo, business and friendship mix up, man, you're good. You're good. <laughs> anyway, guys, so here, I'm going to ask our producer to play us a clip, the first clip from Leo's TEDx talk. I was determined and I was ready, but my body had other ideas. Injury after injury, setback after setback. Ten minutes into my international match against Slovakia, I tore my hamstring. An operation was the only way to fix it. I was devastated. I asked myself, can it get any worse than this? That was a question that I'd soon later regret asking. Two months later, I fractured my fifth metatarsal in my foot. Next thing I knew, I was sitting in front of the first team manager and the 23 manager deciding my fate. Will I be a Birmingham City player for much longer? I was released that day. Right, guys. So the whole context behind all of that really was Leo's professional football career, how great it was going until his body, as he said, had other ideas. I'm going to let Leo tell you a bit more about it. But here is a question that I really want to put to Leo. And so he can answer this question and talk to you, tell you as much as he wants to or as little as he wants to. Leo, what I'm interested in and what we as Pivot Ladies are interested in today is really to get you to tell us how did that experience or experiences with adversity impact you? How did it make the man that we have here with us today? Well, see, um, just a little background on that. Like that was probably my that was my third year. So that was my last year of professional football, and that was also maybe my like seventh injury. So for me, it was um, it was just like it was just demoralizing, you know. Like every year, just getting injury after injury, coming back injury, coming back injury, coming back, and. Um, the first time in ages, uh, I remember, like, just before um, that particular moment, it was probably the, like the best. I it was the, probably the most I enjoyed football in a long time. Obviously, with all the injuries and stuff as well. So, I feel like just that one, that particular injury in time, um, was the hardest one really to overcome. Um, because since that, since then, I, I haven't played in two years. We just started playing the seasons. So, um, like that, that particular injury took me out for nearly two years now. Um, and yeah, just overcoming that, you really see how like how much you grow in two years. So you do from then. Like so, from from that injury, I. I worked a lot on my on myself, and I had a lot of time. Obviously, um, I was sit, I lived I lived by myself as well, so I had a lot of time um, to start new hobbies and start this. I started uh, an, a university degree part time with the Open University. Um, I just thought like I can't play football. I can't do the one thing that I'm actually good at. So I need to start being good at other things. Um, <laughs> really, that was sort of my, my thought process. Um, as well as sort of enjoying the last sort of um, you know, moments, I guess, you know, cause I had a really good relationship with my team and they really helped me, helped me through that. Um, 
as well as like the staff as well. I had a really good relationship with them all. So, and obviously my, my family too. And um, they came over. I went down to see my brother in Manchester, and and so I just sort of took the time really to sort of focus on what's important and sort of take take the time that I'm allowed to have now. Really, because when you're in full time football, you don't get this sort of time. You're up at seven. You're home at five. You're up at seven the next day. That's five days a week you're training, and then you got a match on Saturday, and you get a day off Sunday, and that's it. And that's like that for a whole uh, forty-five weeks, and then you get six weeks off at the start of June. Now we'll start of May. You get six weeks off, and you're back in mid-June. So like, there's no there's no time off when you're a professional athlete, and um, having that sort of time allowed me to really, uh, like I say. All the things I'm doing now is from that period of my life. So the computers, um, my friends started teaching me how to, my business partner started <laughs> teaching me how to um, build computers um, to a point now where I can build a computer in about 45 minutes to an hour and wow. just have it ready to go. Um, I have an old laptop. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually more so, interested thinking here, Leo, that <clears throat> in all of this, no significant other. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the one who's going to be really cheeky. I have heard <laughs> that you have time for a significant other. What, what's up with that, Leo? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I did, but that's that's another story. That's unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, that's ended. But um, oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, we'll, we'll, not get into, we'll not get into that. We'll not get into that. But yeah, like all the accountancy and the computers and everything that I'm sort of involved in now, the Rio Ferdinand Foundation. That sort of that's all came through. Um, you know, uh, documentaries and things like that. That's all come through the time that I've had to take and really sort of like rein, reinvigorate my sort of um, energy and the other things as so well as... Bit, well, Leo, tell us a bit more about the Rio Ferdinand Foundation. I was just going to say. Yeah. Yeah, so um, um, what was I going to say? I was just going to say, Leo, just before you move into that, I wondered um, when Yolande was asking you about impact, do you ever have moments, and I think I can ask this to our listeners and viewers as well, do you ever have moments after you have failed at something in your words um, where you meet somebody who, who who just brings it all back and makes you feel as though, oh, or do you just kind of go with it? How, you know, um, just, just a short moment on that. And yes, if people put in the chat. No, yeah, so I always have my parents and things like that, but I take things... For me, it's very personal. So there's no one really. So obviously, I have like my faith in God as well, which I put a lot on. That's that's pretty much the big reason I'm still I'm still around doing things. Um, but like I take things really personally, like mentally, like I always have done. So it's really like a personal mental battle for me. So there's no one that really sort of goes like uh, like that makes me feel like it's going to be okay. You know what I'm saying? It, that has to come from me. Um, uh, but I know, I know for a lot of, for a lot of people that there is like, meet like a girlfriend, well, I'm too far my girlfriend as well. My ex, she was, um, what that person for me too. But again, it's for me, it's really personal. And it's like, I have, to, if I can't, if I don't have it within me, then there's no one that can sort of, um, 
what's the word, revive that in me. Do you know what I mean? It has to be me that has to revive it. I can't, I can't, there's no one can do that for me. And that's the thing about challenges. Sometimes they teach us to dig deep and find our inner strength. I think what you're talking about, Leo, is having intrinsic motivation. You need to motivate yourself from inside as much as maybe your, you know, your, your girlfriend or your family motivating you. Once you find it within, whether or not anybody else is motivating you, you've got it. You can just, you know, dig into that and channel into that. So that's a good lesson exactly. to have learned. It's, it's, all, it's, it's exactly the same as, um, you know, say you, you can't love someone unless you love yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's it's that exact same sort of situation that you know you need to sort of bring that into life. You you can't you can't go and do something if you don't believe you can go and do it. Exactly. Want to just read some of the comments here quickly though, just before we get carried away. I know um Geraldine be your own cheerleader. I see my cousin here all the way from New York City. Hi, cuz. <laughs> and um, there's someone who's gonna forward your tech talk onto their three kids. Leo, I had asked oh, you earlier to tell us a bit about the Rio Ferdinand Foundation. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna let you do that, but whilst you're you're gonna tell us a bit about that, I want the ladies to be able to share with us here and I'm, I'm you know the audience as well what example or what experience of failure have you had if any at all that you don't mind sharing so leo rio ferdinand foundation yeah so um however in, in the midst of a really big uh, transition um we just had the hope it's um it's like a hope initiative we've done um, united against racism and um uh, we got loads of different kids from different backgrounds in Northern Ireland. We had BT Sports, UEFA, um, and we created this huge event around just hope and um, equality and racism, and especially in young young communities and young people. So we had people from all over Northern Ireland, all over the country of all different levels. We had internationals against people that don't even play for clubs. And um, that really allowed, it was, it, was, it was a great event to see. It really allowed you to see the sort of like community spirit that we have in Northern Ireland, and just like the the actual initiative was about hope, like you really did see that whenever you went to the event. So, um, yeah, at the minute, I we are we're putting good uh, work in with we're working with Manchester and London um, ambassadors, and uh, we're creating loads of different events, and we're just really just trying to incentivize incentivize incentivize. 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 Yes. Incentivize. Incentivize. Um, train them up um, to go and do workshops, and then hopefully that they'll go and do workshops in their community. So it's just really just trying to bring the youth up um, to then go and teach the teach the next generation, teach the next generation, teach the next generation. So it's really exciting stuff at the minute, and it's really just geared toward towards equality and um, young people as well. Okay, right. Well, Leo, I think you're the perfect ambassador for the real <laughs> Thank you, Thank you. Absolutely the best person, best speakers. <laughs> Man, I'm happy to have you. We're going to come back to you, but I'm going to let Raquel yes. and Natasha feel free, ladies. Go on, Natasha. How much time we have? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. You feel no, that hey, come on. Just one of you. No, um, hmm. Well, I think there's maybe two types of um, failure. And I don't even know if failure might be the right word, but failure is the word I'll use. One was, um, well, it's, it's still ongoing. So maybe <laughs> that was, I, I think maybe five, six years ago, I set myself a deadline 
of, and the ladies know some of this, of um, being published and having, you know, certain things put out there. And year after year, some of it was, my, I hold my hands up and say it was procrastination on my part, but other things were outside factors that affected me getting that work finished and getting it done. And as every time a year passed and I didn't finish that, I felt like a failure. So it was one year, two year, three year, four years until finally when the pandemic hit and nobody else was moving and nothing could be done. I was like, listen, if I don't get this done in the pandemic, then really, maybe I just need to give this up and do something else with my time. So out of the three things I needed published, I've gotten one. It's not published yet, but I've finished one. So to me, I feel like it was a failure because it really shouldn't have taken me that long. But at least, you know, I dug deep and I, you know, I, I, I got into the trenches and I managed to finish that one. Um, I'll leave that one for now. I'll let Raquel go. <laughs> right. Okay. okay. Yes, Raquel, because we really want to get talking about what is the antidote. How do you get yes. to here? Okay. So um, there are, I have too many to pick from. I have many failures in my life. And um, I thought maybe what I want to talk to talk about today was failure in relationships. And I'm not even talking about um intimate relationships as in marital relationship here but um i have found myself at times missing a moment with a level of a friendship that somebody's offered me their friendship and i missed the moment i didn't recognize what they were offering and what they were you know what they were doing and um and and just afterwards kicking myself and thinking you really let that one go. You really let that one go. I'm I, with I, on this one. Not that's not failure, baby girl. That's delayed success. So that that is that me or is that Tass? I think that Natas this is delayed success. Oh right, right, probably. <laughs> ah, sorry, got it. <laughs> but um, I I think of one particular friend who actually migrated to the to to Northern Ireland. And um, when she came, she didn't know very many people and we started to, to get close. And I remember she shared with me, she, she gave me a gift. And at the time I felt really, um, oh my, you shouldn't really have bought me this. No, you, you shouldn't have bought me this gift. Not realizing that what I should have done is recognize that this was an offer of moving deeper in our friendship. And I didn't seize the moment, so yeah. I, I count that as a failure. Okay, right. Well, you ladies have had some very um, nice, easy, pretty failures because I'm sure when we begin to really dig deep in terms of failure, I know failure for some people can even lead to suicidal thoughts and things like that. So we got to acknowledge that failure is huge for some people. I mean, for me as a person, I'm honestly not sh shady at all. And I feel like I have failed a lot as a mother or a lot as a wife. I feel personally, I, I failed when I became pregnant, very early pregnant as a teenager. That was a big failure for me. And very recently to bring it home, I failed terribly in a job interview that meant a lot to me. Now, some people, particularly in Northern Ireland, when you feel like you've got to work twice as hard to succeed, failing in a particular interview where you, you, you feel like the playing field isn't already level is a huge thing. It's a big thing for me. It was a disappointment because I knew that I had it in me to do the job, but just didn't perform in the interview. And it took me a week to recover. Like Leo, I felt like I was depressed. I was suffering depression. And so failure could be in Only so one week? 
Um, <laughs> one week, one week. But there's so many things I know. I'm encouraging the audience, if you want to feel free, to share your experiences of failure because it's different for each of us, how we deal with it. And, and something that might be small for somebody is big for somebody else. So I know failure is subjective, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. It is. Leo, sorry. Sorry, Raquel. Leo, I was just going to jump in and say, I'm not 100% sure what the real Ferdinand um, Foundation is, but are there younger football players that you mentor or who are involved in this? And if so, do you teach them or do you tell them anything about failure and overcoming failure and how sometimes um, failure is part of the journey? In terms of staff, no. It's it's um, like youth leaders and uh, people like that that work within um, charities and organizations that would go out and do workshops and things. Um, but in terms of my role, I have um, I have done, I went to, uh, I was in Windsor, um, I think there was only about 15 young kids, but I was just telling about my experiences of, of growing up and um, playing football in Northern Ireland. And I do get to uh, share like my my knowledge of uh, my past experiences. Um, so there's, there's plenty of opportunities for that. Um, I'm actually, I'm working on, currently working on doing create my own workshop um so i can go out to schools and um, do events and, and i can go out and um do a workshop and it's going to be mainly focused around discipline and um yeah overcoming adversity is the sort of this is going to be the, the focus on it so uh, but in terms in terms of like staff I, there's not um like not like it's not like a football oriented organization it's purely for the good of everyone in the in the country and it, it primar primarily focuses on um the youth because at the end of the day they're the ones that are going to be growing up and bringing in these um, morals and then and, and they're going to be the ones that are going to be teaching the next generation so it's it's to go in and to really focus on them and to um provide like safe spaces and provide opportunities and you know, we do we do uh, workshops where we give young people skills and qualifications to go get a job. You know, it, it, um, it really allows us to really tackle like problems like head on. So obviously, um, I don't know if you know, but the unemployment rate for like uh, teenagers, like from 18 to early 20s is really bad right now. The dropout rate is ridiculous. Um, no one could hold on jobs. I know personally from my friends, it's the same thing. Um, right. So we, we we take these sort of um, social issues and we tackle them head first and it's primarily focused at the youth as well. Thank you. That sounds, that sounds amazing, Leah. Look, I'm going to just read out one or two things here because we've got three minutes to really dig in on the what is the antidote here. I've seen Camille Weathers. I can relate to the disappointment of having failed at a job interview. Somebody saying babies are always a gift and a blessing. And um, Nikon, um, I try to hold the thought. If it's you, if 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 it's for you, it won't go by you. Yeah, I like that. Everything happens for a reason. I absolutely like that. And I believe in that. Well, uh, James, I'm going to put a bit of pressure on you. Can you just play us the last clip? We always want to know how do we thrive and how do we succeed when we're faced with it? And there were times where I did thrive. But most of the time, I suffered depression and anxiety. And that was really hard for me. So I thought to myself, 
how have I achieved the things that I've achieved? And that's when it hit me. Opportunity. Like I said at the beginning, adversity is ruthless, has no emotions, no remorse, and no empathy. It's always constant, but so is opportunity. They coexist like good and evil and yin and yang. Opportunity is a get out of jail free card. It's a chance to start anew. It's not physical and it's not bound by the laws of nature. Just like adversity, it comes at times we don't even think we deserve it. Opportunity is the antidote. In my time at Birmingham, with every setback came opportunity. Opportunity to get fitter, opportunity to get stronger mentally and physically, opportunity to learn from the physios, opportunity to start a uni degree. I'm just going to read one last comment here and I'm going to throw this question out because I know we're pressed for time. My cousin, I love you. My cousin says for her, failure was being robbed of the opportunity to graduate from high school, but it has, that has inspired her to push harder and today she holds a bachelor's degree. Well done. Thumbs up. Absolute love to you. Now, here's the question I'm just going to throw out. Opportunity, as Leo says, is the antidote. But here, do we believe or do, do we think that opportunity is sometimes controlled by the system or by a few people who have influence or who have power to make that opportunity happen? How do we feel about that? Gatekeepers, absolutely. I think yeah. that there, there definitely are um, extends to it. Gatekeeper, gatekeepers, um, police, how, how much opportunity we are allowed to get and you know and sometimes we need to be careful that we don't become those gatekeepers mm -hmm. who block the opportunity for other people and you know some, sometimes i have to just make sure i challenge myself to remember that yeah what about yeah yeah i was going to say sometimes even if you're already in um an institution or in some place where there is opportunity so you you might have gotten past the gate but sometimes there's still opportunities within an institution our organization and you find that you can't go much higher because there are people who are above you who might feel threatened um you know by your by your advancement or for whatever reason they just think that this is where you should be and you should go no further so i definitely think that um yeah some people can block opportunities for others and i think just to add for me i'm probably just being pessimistic here it is even more eye-opening of how much opportunity can be controlled when you're within the minority in a, a majority, you know, white or whatever population. And I think for me, when I think of opportunity coming towards me, sometimes my heart wants to call it tokenism. And I know that, that we don't want to be so pessimistic as to think of every opportunity as being tokenistic, but that very often is another side of the coin. We'll leave that conversation. Leo, you're gonna have final thoughts, but here's what I want the, the audience to do. Guys, what else is the antidote? For me, what about bloody well crying? I cry my eyeballs out all the time. To me, that is as much of a, of a, of a coping mechanism or an antidote or whatever you want to call it as anything else. So popping Go to nature. <laughs> walk. I walk my shoes down to, to, to flat. To, I uh, walk the rubbers off my shoes. Walk and come back fighting after, innit? Yes. <laughs> Mine is singing. I worship. I sing. 
and usually that takes me out of the place I'm in into something else where you feel like you failed so you, you come out of that place yeah yeah I mean obviously we see opportunity as you know the bigger picture but there's mm -hmm. steps before that what do you do yeah. before you have the opportunity like Leo said for him it was depression so for me it might be tears Natasha it's walking but we're still looking for that big opportunity you know so mm -hmm. really I, I am with you Leo I'm not totally disagreeing you've got final words Leo what are your final thoughts um for me um opportunity like it doesn't even it's you can't you can't even I don't you can't even see it like for me like opportunities was just like it just like adversity in, in a sense like you, there's no timing with it you know you could be having a good time and you're not having a good time you know what I mean there's nothing there's there's nothing set in stone that in five minutes I'm not gonna have a good time and it's exactly the same with opportunity I I, I find that it just comes whenever and it and they sort of coexist, you know. They're they're very much their own sort of entities. I, I like to personify them. I think I think they're like like actual people, you know. They're coexisting. They're living. Um, they're they're going here. They're going there. They're going everywhere. And there's no timing. They're 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 unbound by time too. And um, I just think it's not again. It's not something that you you're not even ready for it. Sometimes I was not ready for the opportunities I've had, but I think it's just you've just got to take them. Um, is is really what it is some people sometimes you don't even think we deserve an opportunity to get out of the mess that we're in because sometimes we create these messes ourselves you know sometimes um it's our own doing that creates them but there's always going to be an opportunity to get out of them um whether you think you deserve it or not or whether you've worked hard for it or whether you haven't an opportunity will arise for you and it's just up to you to take it really and if it doesn't arise you create your own opportunity yeah I think <laughs> I'm going to read out um, Hope Oswell Jones's comment. Um, self belief is powerful. And she said, We can check out Joan Armour Trading's story. She was absolutely fearless. That's something. For those of you that are interested, um, Leo's TED Talk, you can find it on YouTube. I know that the, the, the link was placed here, but it's a full five minute that you'll want to listen to. I think Pivot Ladies were onto something when we came up with the tagline obstacles into, into opportunity. opportunity. <laughs> That's where I got it from. We try to keep it tight to 30 minutes. So what we're doing is a bang, 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 10 week session. We want you to come back next week again. Next week, honestly, I can't remember what we're going to talk about. Forgive Next me. week, we're talking about um, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Essentially, how the, how the two sexes communicate. Oh, and all the fun me. times that that leads to. <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. I'm looking forward to that conversation. So, look, guys, I'm so happy you would have joined us this evening. We are on mute now. We didn't have any taglines to play for you this evening remember you can record yourselves saying our tagline and sending it to us so that we can play as many as possible we are absolutely looking forward to hearing from you through our usual platforms through our um email whatever it is that you take to interact with us please come on we want to hear from you and That's we right. shall see you next week next so, time Neil, what do we say Bye. Bye. Same place next See you week. Later. Yep. Keep on raising the volume on the whispered conversations in our communities. Absolutely. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our On Mute Now podcast. 
If you would like to be in on the conversations live, follow us on our social media platforms during our live broadcasts. We are at OnMuteNow1 on Twitter and at OnMuteNow on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platforms. Like, follow, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a voice message on Anchor and like, subscribe, and comment on our YouTube channel. If you want to raise the volume on something or contact us, email onmutenow1 at gmail.com. Unmute now.